Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Mets fans, welcome to Amazing Avenue's audio coverage of the Winter Meetings. My name is Brian. With me today is Lucas, and we are talking about the deal that brought Justin Verlander to the Mets. It is a two-year, $86 million deal with a third-year, $35 million vesting option if Verlander pitches 140 innings in the second year of his contract. There is a full no-trade clause, and um, yeah, it, with, once DeGrom signed with the Rangers, it seemed like the Mets were going to make a big splash at the winter meetings just to get out in front of some of the chatter about DeGrom leaving, uh, but also because they need pitching. Quite honestly, they need a lot of pitching. And I, I think that there are a couple different ways to look at this trade. And Lucas, I know you have a, a particular position on this, but let's before we talk about what else was out there, what do you think the Mets are going to get from Verlander. Let's just start with this year. What do you think though the ceiling is for Verlander? Do you think he could be Cy Young quality two years in a row? Uh I I think so. I mean, it's it's difficult to project anyone once they hit 40 years old, but at the same time, the dude uh has been remarkably durable for his career outside of the 2021 Tommy John, or I guess the Tommy John was in, at the end of 2020. Um and We've seen historically there is some precedent for this quality of pitcher to uh, sustain their career a bit longer than, than maybe other guys. Like, how old was Randy Johnson when he threw that? You no, know, uh, was it a perfect game in Arizona? At like forty-two years old or something like that. So, yeah, I, I think I think guys like this kind of break 
uh, your, your, the normal ways you might want to project things. Um, so who can say, but he certainly was real good last year. I and mean, when he just won a, a unanimous AL Cy Young. Yeah. And you talk about his consistency, you know, aside from, you know, he had, uh, he made two starts in 2005. Aside from that, he has only had two seasons since 2005 where he's had an ERA over four. He has only missed significant time a couple of times in his career. And, you know, the Tommy mm-hmm. John that just happened was was the most recent, obviously, and the most serious of them. And he's been a guy that has been a strikeout machine. You know, he, he's, a, he's a, a very effective strikeout pitcher. He has... Uh, almost had some of his best ever uh, career years since he got to Houston as an older player, which is an odd, unusual thing, but it's, it's been, you know, it's been true for him. I mean, just this past year, you know, he put up a two twenty ERA plus that's insane mm-hmm. for a, for a 40 no, year old player, you know, and, uh, or a 39 year old player rather. And, uh, you know, so I, I think if you're going to take a gamble on an older player, this is the type of player you want to take a gamble on, but I think your point is well taken. It's pretty easy to imagine just time catching up with Verlander at any point now. Um, yeah, of course. I'm like, look, everything, DRO was very pretty. The predictors were quite good. Uh, his DRA minus was a very nice 69, if I'm recalling off the top of my head. Correctly. I believe that's correct. The, yes. the stack cast numbers were good and, and, Plenty of people and and baseball Twitter have alluded to the fact that the stat cast numbers aren't perfect and there's some flaws there, but it paints a pretty good picture that he does actually do a good job of limiting contact. His ex-WOBA wasn't actually all that uh, different from his actual WOBA. Um, And I think his ERA is a little prettier than you might expect, given uh, he ran a very low BABIP. He ran a quite low home run to fly ball ratio, particularly Mm -hmm. given the park he pitched in. Um, but even if you regress those, you're looking at, at ERA predictors that are in the low to mid twos, right? So right. it's not as if this is a dude who got lucky by two runs on his ERA. It's not even certain that he got lucky that much at all. I would say they probably got lucky by what half a run, three quarters of a run, et cetera. And even if you put that out of it, it's still a, a, a high end, uh, that's probably a top five starter in baseball. I don't have the ERA leaderboard up in front of me, but I mean that's that's a pretty nuts performance. I mean, anytime you get a near, anytime you get one of these uh, percentile adjusted metrics to cross the 200 threshold, and you're literally 100 percent better than league average, that's uh, pretty crazy. Yeah, and and he and again, he's doing this late in his career, which is both encouraging and scary. So I understand both sides of this. I I really do. You know, I I, I want to talk about Degrom here in relation to this a little bit. You know, the the deal that was reportedly on the table from the Mets was a three year, one hundred and twenty million dollar contract. Now, there are sort of conflicting reports as to whether the Mets would have gone to a fourth year or if they would have upped the AAV or anything like that. But if Verlander's option vests, it's essentially eleven million dollars more than. No, is it is it the same? Value as as Degrom's. Now that I'm saying that out loud, I think I did the math wrong in my head. Quickly, uh, uh, Degrom got yeah, yeah, what, yeah, five one eighty five. But but the offer the Mets made was one twenty. That's exactly what the the Mets will pay one twenty one to Verlander if he if he vests that third year. Mm-hmm. Um, so he you know Verlander's getting about the money that Degrom that the Mets thought Degrom should get. If if 
DeGrom took a three-year, $120 million deal from the Mets. Would you feel better or worse about his potential health for those three years than you do Verlander's? Uh, worse, 100%. Um, uh, basically, look, Jacob DeGrom is, deserves to have a place in the conversation of all-time great Mets. Um, there's a defensible argument that he's the best pitcher of all uh, for the franchise in the entire franchise's history, and this is a, a franchise with many uh, a storied history of, of great pitchers. Mm-hmm. Um, but the simple fact is, the dude just hasn't been able to stay on the field. And uh, I don't want to get into litigating whether there, anyone is at fault here, or is the team not managing him correctly? Is he not managing himself correctly? Is this just bad injury luck, which happens? Uh, like it's impossible to say. But the reality is that as good as he is when he's on the mound, he just isn't on the mound anymore. Um, there are also, I think, some cracks that you could see when he actually did get on the field in 2022 uh, to the point where, look, he wasn't small and wasn't going to be a, wasn't if he was no longer an ace, but his fastball was a bit more hittable. He was struck, could not get through the low order a third time, really faded in the sixth inning, things like that. And maybe that's just not having pitched enough, or maybe it is actually a sign of some sort of decline. I think there's an argument that Verlander is not just the better health bet, but the better pitcher straight up at this point. And that's obviously abstracting anyway, any of the sentimental value associated with DeGrom. But uh, at the end of the day, I think you want your front office to be a bit cold and calculating. And I think Verlander is, is the better bet in that regard. Yeah, I, I think I probably agree with you on that. I, I still think that DeGrom this season, uh, let me back up. I don't know if you can get a full picture of who the current day Jacob DeGrom is from his 2022 performance. Sure. And so I, I, I am willing to somewhat, uh, you know, backpedal a little bit about how he looked this year and see, you know, what happens a year from now. And, you know, it's almost it's always easier, obviously, to look at it from the past. But I, I really don't know. I, I, I truly cannot tell who I think has the better pure stuff in 2023. But I think from a health perspective, I mean, Verlander is coming off Tommy John not that long ago. And so you hope that means that his arm is, quote, younger, right? And won't have, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a- a- as high a propensity for injury because everything is just a little bit more taken care of. He got the, to take two years off, basically. Yes, exactly. Even without the surgically repaired part, he took a year and a half or two years off. So absolutely, that makes total sense as to why injury isn't as much of a concern for him. The thing that I think is going to be really interesting this season, and we'll talk about next season in a minute, but for the 2023 season, I think Verlander is the type of guy who is going to absolutely eat up being in the New York spotlight for a little while. Oh, yeah. And DeGrom was such a wallflower in that regard. And I think it's going to be, re- I think Mets fans are going to really enjoy seeing Verlander enjoy being a Mets. Where it mm-hmm. seems like uh, Degrom never quite did. Sure, and I think that's fair. I mean, uh, uh, everyone's entitled to their own opinion on this as well. But I, I think it's also fair to be a little bit annoyed with the way Degrom kind of handled things uh, in New York. Not to say that he should be criticized for leaving, but the way he treated the media, like media availability and interacting with them, is part of your job as a major league pitcher. That's the bottom line, and and that's especially true when you're. Uh, someone with the profile of DeGrom. And uh, safe to say that none of those same issues are going to crop up with with Verlander right now. He might be uh, 
uh, what's a delicate way to put this? Uh, uh, irritating person. Yeah, yeah. Okay, there. I was I was trying to skirt around that. No, look, different type. Look, I I can't speak for you, Lucas. I I know how I was in high school, and the varsity uh-huh. athletes did not want to hang out with me because because I thought they were assholes and they and they were jerks. Uh-huh. Those guys become professional ball players sometimes. Like I'm not I'm under no delusion here True. that these ball players are going to be sensitive, nice dudes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think Degrom is an asshole. Erlander is a. An asshole in his own way, uh, or in a different way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just think it's a way that will play better in the New York environment. Uh, and and again, that's not meant to be a character indictment or anything of Degrom. That's it just was not something he was uh, uh, comfortable doing or willing to adjust, shall we say? Right, right. I, I, I think that that's very that's very well said. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. So the reason that I, I'm excited to talk to you about this is because you had expressed in the Amazing Avenue Slack uh, some disappointment with this deal. And not necessarily, again, I, I think we can all talk rationally about the player we're getting and what he's mm-hmm. supposed to be, but you're 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 a little bit more upset about the process about the one went through this. So, talk us through sort of why you are maybe less high on this move than some others are. Yeah, yeah, and I honestly feel like a bit of a jerk for not falling over myself to to love this deal. Um, but I I think this was the wrong pitcher to sign. Frankly, um. Don't get me wrong. I'm not complaining about the value of this. This is a good move. It was a necessary move. But I do think they would have been better off going for uh, Carlos Rodon at the top of the market. Um, now, uh, the caveat here is that we haven't seen what Rodon will sign for. And maybe he signed for something ridiculous, right? Like, I'm not going to... If Rodon gets $200 million, then, then maybe that my opinion here changes. But at the contracts he's projected to get, I don't get the appeal of signing the 40-year-old guy instead of the 30-year-old option um and i think you can take this further uh and i'll 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 actually go back to last year on this the mets made a a kind of similar decision when they went for max scherzer over kevin galsman and and supposedly they were trying to sign both but they were clearly prioritizing scherzer Mm -hmm. um and at least in my mind that was a mistake at the time and i think that uh uh Gossman was basically equivalent on a per innings basis and cost $18 million less than AAV. Um, and is also 10 years younger. And if Steve Cohen has all the money in the world, he could spend $400 million on the Mets payroll and not really notice it. But he seems to have a set budget at some point. Last year, they were trying to stay below the $290 million mark. I don't know what the budget is, the budget is this year, but if there is a budget, 
I don't get why you're blowing a bigger chunk of that in terms uh, on a higher AV guy like Verlander instead of grabbing the the younger, potentially healthier guy who's going to cost less on a, on an annual basis. Um, and that's before talking about how good Rodon has been in his own right, like basically the same performance as Verlander across the board, according to everything except ERA, and maybe ERA is the most important thing. Uh, but I don't think there's necessarily a quality drop-off there. Um, Rodon also has a, a fairly lengthy injury history, but Justin Verlander's 40 years old. Like, I... I, 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 I I understand that he's been healthy forever, aside from the Tommy John. But once you get to that age, things can just go sideways in a, in a hurry, right? Like, all of a sudden, he could be absolutely washed. More so than any other pitcher, I think, just due to the age. Um, so so those are my two real concerns here. That they're, they're going for the older, more expensive on an annual basis option, and I don't know that that's uh, the greatest choice in terms of building out this roster. Okay, I definitely understand that position. I, I have a slightly different uh, approach because of the Steve Cohen of it all. But let's talk about the injury mm-hmm. history first for for uh, Rodon. Uh, you know he it's ugly. Yeah, it, it's ugly. <laughs> and and if you watch the guy pitch, your arm hurts watching him pitch. Like sure. he he looks like a guy who's going to continue to get hurt. Um, and and that that matters. To a certain degree, but I'll say this about about the the Steve Cohen of it all, which is, I I think that we are just conditioned as Mets fans to think about every dollar of every contract mm-hmm. as it being super important for the sustainability of the team. You know, we grew up as mm-hmm. Wilpon with with the Wilpons owning the Mets and so this is this is a natural reaction to that. But I mean, I think Cohen has shown now that when his superstar pitcher leaves, he just buys another one. And so right. I think that unless you think that Rodon is the best starter available for the next 3 off seasons and you feel like you have to make a move now because there's not going to be anybody available next off season that will be able to replace him if Verlander gets catastrophically hurt or Scherzer does or whatever reason, then I think that the 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 Cohen calculus is the old like NFL draft axiom where you take the best player available and you kind of mm-hmm. deal with the rest of it later because you can deal with the rest of it later. And so I understand on one hand, if you think that in 2023, just in 2023, Verlander is a better pitcher than Rodon, then I think mm-hmm. Cohen's going to take Verlander every time. And that's just how sure. he's going to run the team. And there, there's good and there's bad to that. But I think overall, it, you know, and we say this a lot on on our respective shows, it's not our money, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I don't care how Steve Cohen spends his money necessarily if it's going towards the Mets and good players. But I do understand that the downside of this is at some point you become the mid-aughts Yankees where yeah. you're just signing old players and you can't have any sustainable runs of success because... I mean, look, the Yankees have been suffering, but you know what I'm saying. You don't. Yeah. You don't. It's harder to develop the next Jacob Degrom if you keep go out and doing what you're doing now. My my only fear here is, and look, Steve Cohen, like you said, it's not our money. I would love to see Steve Cohen spend 350 million dollars on this roster or more. But if there is actually a set budget, I think there's a real right, right. 
We can debate whether there should be a budget limit at all or where that limit should be. If there is a budget limit and the Mets are at risk of bumping up against it, I think there's a real argument you're better off taking Rodon, who is possibly a similar quality pitcher, and the $15 million extra dollars you get in AAV there and spending it on the whole or one of the other many needs this team has at the moment. Um, again, just alluding to the Scherzer-Gossman thing last year, $18 million, which is the gap between Scherzer and Gossman, could have gotten the Mets two more relievers, like Hector Norris and Aaron Luke or something. And that probably makes a big difference because their bullpen was bad for most of the year. Yep. Um, so that's my only concern, right? If there is, in fact, a budget, then dumping and dumping is the wrong word because they're getting value out of it. But uh, allocating this much of that budget to one player on such a high annual salary uh, worries me just a bit. And, and I, I, think, I worry I that's that the back of the roster is going to be thin again. Yeah, I mean, and, and I, 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 I don't disagree with any of that. And I think that we are still too early into the Billy Epler era to really know what kind of a GM he's going to be in that regard. And we are still mm-hmm. in this weird liminal space where Sandy Alderson is involved with the team, but not involved with the team. And so until oh, there's an actual president of baseball operations who is setting an actual course of action for the team, I think it's a little bit hard to know whether these decisions are going to be as catastrophic as we fear because we don't know who's going to be running the team ostensibly. Yep. Do you have any sense yeah, for Epler that's... as a GM or no? No. No. I mean, what are we supposed to think of at this point? He worked. He was at one point a very highly regarded GM candidate, supposed to be Brian Cashman's right-hand man, um, mm-hmm. who's to say how much credit he deserves for working in the Yankees' wonderful, uh, and I say that sincerely, their wonderful front office architecture. Then he goes to the Angels, and it's impossible to judge anything in that front office because Arne Moreno medals more than almost any other owner in baseball outside of Jim Crane at this point. So, And now he's with the Mets, and he's just... First of all, we haven't had a lot of time, and he's also had the luxury of just spending a jillion dollars. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how we're supposed to get an objective measure of, of uh, Billy Epler's quality at GM or what, in fact, his personal style would be. Um, it's a bit of a black box, which is odd to say for a guy who's been in the game for uh, so long. Right. No, I mean, I, I think that, that is, that's very well said, and... So again, it's hard to tell how the margins of the roster are going to look because we just we just don't have. And the other thing is, his first off season as a GM, he was signed middle of November. The Mets made a bunch of signings mm-hmm. at the end of November, and then there was a lockout. <laughs> so there hasn't been business as usual for him at all either. So it's just tough to know. All of this is it's tough ama- to know. It's amazing the knock on effects of the Wilpons being petty and selling this team six weeks later than they should have. Just how <laughs> many knock on effects that that has had uh, in the resulting. How long has it been at this point? Two, three, two seasons. Two seasons. Yeah, we're. Yeah, I think I we're mean, right time about. Has no meaning anymore. <laughs> Correct, but I believe we are right about at the two year mark of the Cohen ownership. Mm-hmm. This didn't happen right after the season, it, after the twenty twenty season. That sounds vaguely correct. <laughs> the way I can gauge this is I I was I saw Brody Van Wagen in its spring training in 2020, and he was still working for the club. All right, so, yeah, then, then, yeah, that was uh, the last Will Pond spring training. Yeah, so, uh, but yeah, all right. 
Uh, last thing before we get out of here, uh, any thoughts on Trey Turner going to the Phillies besides just, oh, man? I both love and hate Trey Turner because I love speed. And also, he's tortured the Mets when he was mm-hmm. on the Nationals. It was just painful. Um, from a big picture perspective, I'm glad there are teams that are spending money. More teams should spend money. I'm annoyed that he landed in the NL East. But for whatever reason, I know they just went to the World Series or whatever. I cannot bring myself to actually be concerned about the Phillies. I, I just like do not care. I don't. They, they have no bullpen. Their starting corner outfielders are going to be Kyle Schwarber and Nick Castellanos, and uh, they have half a rotation. Now, these are a lot of the same problems the Mets have. Yes, <laughs> strikingly similar uh, somehow. <laughs> uh, they they were 14 games worse last year. They're going to be losing Harper for half the season with his Tommy John. I'm not overly concerned about Trey Turner allowing them to catch the Mets all of a sudden. I, I think that's probably correct, but I will say that you know, Turner is a player like I'm not comparing him talent wise to Otani, but he's like Otani in the sense that I like watching him play baseball and yep. I don't want to watch Phillies games when they're not playing the Mets. <laughs> and when they're playing, you the don't Mets, want to sear your retinas with their beautiful defense. No, I don't. And I also don't want to watch him do good against the Mets. So that means basically I have I now have 11 years where I can't enjoy Trey Turner. <laughs> it, it was an 11 okay. year deal, right? Yeah, eleven years, three hundred million. And this is the second time they've like they signed Harper to a thirteen year three hundred twenty five million dollar deal. So I think this is the second time in recent memory they've tacked on a couple of years at the end just to pull that AAB figure down. Yeah. Um and perhaps lower their luxury tax bill. That's exactly what the opposite of the Mets are doing, which is a little interesting on some level, I think. Uh yeah, I don't, I don't know. Maybe I'm falling too much into the trap of the Wallies, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just, you know, again, I, I thought it was unrealistic, unrealistic that the Mets signed him to play second base. But, you know, it's a great thought experiment to imagine him in that lineup. But God damn it. Sure. Be the NL East. Does it have to be yeah. the NL East? You know, it, I mean, Allison had a good tweet about this a couple, maybe an hour or so ago. There are like, I don't know, six to eight teams that are actually trying in baseball right now. And three, three of them, of them are in the NL East. Yeah, yep. exactly. Great. <laughs> Wonderful. Just, just great. Yeah, can't we go back to because Atlanta for a while was in the NL West before before the wild card era, uh, because the, because the divisions were made when they were in Milwaukee. So can't uh, we just can't we just put them back in the West for a while? I'd be fine doing whatever. I I'm gonna be totally honest. I I hate Braves fans for a lot of reasons, but I almost feel a little bit sorry for them because objectively they have the most successful development and drafting and all the like hardcore baseball stuff. Uh, of any team in the NL East. And they're just, their fans have to sit there and watch their mega corporation ownership not spend any money to all the Phillies and Mets tossed around like Monopoly dollars. That, that like, is true. It's, it's again, I don't have much sympathy for the Braves generally, but that, that sucks. Like, that's very lame. The Braves should spend more money. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it is, uh, it is sort of astounding how good the Braves are at building baseball teams, except for the fact that the final touch of it just needs to be spending. Like if they just spent, let's call it 25 million more a year, they'd probably have won a world series or two in the last decade. I mean, if they had more. Yeah. If they had just, you know, paid Freddie Freeman, they win the division running away last year. Probably. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe running away is the wrong word, but they win the division by a by a bigger margin than they did, 
they can use this prospects for something else. They should be out there right now, like doing their best to bring back Dansby Swanson or sign Carlos Correa. I don't think either of those things are going to happen. So, so who knows? Like, yeah. Yeah. Well, hopefully this is not the last podcast we do this week. Hopefully there'll be more Mets news. Hopefully a certain pitcher from uh, the Far East signs with the Mets, maybe. That'd be very cool. That'd be very cool. Uh, and uh, we'll talk about it later. But uh, until then, Lucas, where can folks find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at LWahos343. And all my stuff is at Amazing Avenue. Um, that's about it. Yeah, I'm on Twitter at Brian Needs an App. Same thing. Find me at Amazing Avenue. And uh, until next time, let's go Mets.